Hi, and welcome to Lighted Path Radio. I'm your host, Claire Papan, and it's my hope that the information and interviews shared here continue to reach higher ground for us all and offer inspiration that speaks to the heart and potential of today's evolving humanity and world. I'd like to invite you to follow the show if you're interested in receiving notices about future guests here on Lighted Path Radio. Just click follow on this page and that'll get you all signed up. Our guest is Sashina. She's an Arcturian as well as a sun dancer and pipe holder. Her walk has been many years in sacred spaces, learning, teaching, and healing. Mount Shasta, the Dakotas, the Cascades, the White Mountains, and the Blue Mountains have been her home. She is a history, anthropology, and Spanish teacher as well. Her most important and beloved job is mother and grandmother. She's written and performed poetry, songs, and dances for native images at AS and is a healer, Aztec dancer, clairvoyant, and telepath. Since birth, she has been trained by and has interacted with star beings, angels, and spiritual guides. She has actively and openly done presentations for numerous national events over the last four years and many other events prior to this. Her life has been a gift and respectfully shares that it has been a joy to be here in this world. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much. I just want to go ahead and acknowledge that we're, we're getting started a little bit late. Uh, there have been some listeners who may have tried to tune in earlier and were not sure what was going on because we were scheduled to go live about 20 minutes ago. There was a bit of a system error going on on the Blog Talk Network, and I think I found a way around it, so here we are. <laughs> and we're in, and we're talking, and I'm so grateful, so, so grateful that we were able to continue and do the show today. And Hashina, you have had quite a journey with many things that you've been a part of in this world and beyond this world. And we have much to learn from the wisdom that you have gained. So uh, perhaps we could start with maybe talking about what you are currently involved in and how that relates to the place that humanity is in with the Great Awakening that's underway right now. Well, thank you so much, Claire. Um, I deeply appreciate this opportunity and just being able to um, speak with you and share with others at this time. I think it's time to share in this awakening, as many are calling it. And my part is that of everyone. (laughs) I, I don't view myself as any different than everyone else. And part of the spirit energy that's coming upon the planet at this time. And what I'm involved in that I see as a whole, holistic, oneness type of spirit energy is the uh, longest walk five across America right now um, with the indigenous peoples of this country to bring awareness to many of the needs that we all have and specifically within Native American communities uh, to help people rise out of uh, abusive situations involving alcohol, drugs, and domestic violence. And this is one of many walks that take place each year. And the original walk was in 1978 to have the ability to be able to have freedom of religion and that involved prayer and ceremonies uh, for Native Americans. Wonderful. And then, of course, anyone can join this walk if it is something that they feel called to do. Is that right? That is absolutely right. Um, The walk started in uh, California, And it started around December, January, and it's going through the um, lower, uh, from the west, through the lower states of the United States or in Florida right now. And it will end July 15th in Washington, D.C., where we will all gather and uh, prevent what we have done over the last six months. So... If people are not able to join in on the walk prior to that, 
they can be in Washington July 15th and join with us then. Great. And what are some of the ways that people can uh, get in touch with the um, the um, Long Walk? This one is called the Long Walk 5, correct? It's the Longest Walk. and it's The Longest the, Walk, thank you. Right, Longest Walk 5. And if you go on the... Um, on your computer, and you go to their site, which is uh, Longest Walk, and you should be able to find the coordinator there. It also is for expediency to reach as many people as possible on Facebook on Longest Walk 5, but it does have an official website, uh, Longest Walk, where all of the walks, um, and this is the fifth one, there will be a sixth one, are documented. Okay, wonderful. What are some of the things that people might encounter when they are joining the walk? They're going to encounter their soul. <laughs> They're going to <laughs> encounter the very spirit of the land. Um, it is not for the faint of heart uh, in the sense that this is not a promotional walk. Um, uh, this is a spiritual awakening walk, and this is a walk where we're actually going into communities, um, connecting with people right where they are in their community. Uh, for example, when we went into New Mexico, I believe it was the mayor of, uh, not sure if it was Gallup or Santa Fe, issued a proclamation uh, against alcohol, drugs, and domestic violence in support of the longest walk. And when we go into these communities, um, we have researchers from Pennsylvania State, and surveys are handed out to find out what the needs of people are. So we actually go into the clinics, the hospitals, the centers, um, wherever the need is. And we sit and we speak with people. Uh, we gather data. This data is then going to be turned in in Washington in the hopes of um, promises that were made to be able to have funds to build clinics and hospitals and abuse shelters. So. When we go into this walk, uh, and I'm not a coordinator, so I don't know the exact number of miles, we have walkers and we have runners. You can walk or you can run. And we have to log in a certain amount of distance each day in order to stay on track for what we committed to. So people can walk a little bit or they can walk a lot, but we do have people that walk the whole distance, and they can come in and, you know, stop at a certain point. And we have a designated number of miles that we log in that day. So when we reach our destination for that day, for the number of miles that we are supposed to we stop. And sometimes uh, we get invited into a community center where we might sleep on the floor. Otherwise, we set up camp. So you would need um, to bring camping equipment, good walking shoes. Uh, we have water and cars that, you know, go along with our walkers. Um, but in terms of what you can expect, uh, you can expect that you will be walking, you will be camping, you will be meeting people in communities, and... We're not always sure where we're going to sleep or when we're going to eat. So you would want to bring, uh, you know, some provisional food, but we do stop. So this is an actual walk across America. How many people might be joining at any given time? Is it, is it anywhere from small groups to large groups uh, walking together? It varies. We can have up to 100 or 200, and we have we have runners. 
Uh, we have uh, some runners that only run a mile. We have um, some top runners that run eight miles. We do have a long runner that has done 100 miles or 50 miles. So you have people that are weaving in and out. But regardless of who does what, we still have to complete this set number of miles. So it's sort of like a relay, if you will. Uh, you might have 50 people coming in and walking. None of those 50, maybe 30, just can't go anymore after two or three or four miles. And then they might stop. But we have others. And then maybe after two hours, those people that stopped are now rested and they spiral back in. So you can see how the count at any given moment can vary. Right. And then now it's already begun. There are walkers who who go for a period of time and, and stay the whole time, and some of them come for just a, a, a short period of time, and then new ones join back in. It's, it's, uh, it's just a uh, experience that people can choose to do for however long they have time to devote to this experience, right? Right. We've had people from Canada, Japan. Um, we had a Japanese monk that flew in and was with us for a period of time and went back to Japan. We had some people that flew in from Canada that walked for a few days and then um, they stopped. Uh, this is related to the 1978 walk, if people want to go and take a look at that. Um, and that was the march to Washington, the original longest walk for freedom of religion. And the walk was done the same way. So this is a people's walk. This is a grassroots mm -hmm. walk. Uh, it is coordinated. Um, longest walk is a nonprofit. And there are many beautiful people that come and join us. Uh, we took a break in May. So many that had been on the original starting point in California were pretty worn out, <laughs> and they stopped, mm -hmm. and then they'll rejoin. But, we, but in each state that we go, uh, we have a national coordinator. So, for example, um, Lagos Walk is in Florida right now. So people that live in Florida can come in and, and join and walk as far as they can. And then, you know, then they might want to stop and go back home to their families, and they wouldn't continue on the next way. But our core group would, our coordinators and our core group would. And the leader of this is uh, Mr. Dennis Banks, who started the longest walk in 1978. And it, is it winding up in July? Yes, it will wind up July 15th, and that will be uh, in Washington, D.C. And to coordinate the... Um, exact spot, you can go on the official Longest Walk site on Facebook, and um, they will give you exactly when and where we will go. But because we are at the mercy of the elements, for example, if there's a tornado or a storm, we can't predict that, and we're, and we're walking, we're on our feet walking, we can't predict that at 10.05 a.m. we will be at this exact spot might be right. our, you know, so we will have, as the time grows closer, uh, exact coordinates, but we will be going to the Lincoln Memorial, and we will be convening in Washington, D.C., July 15th. So if they go to the official Longest Walk 5 site, they'll be able to um, keep on Task with the exact location, the exact time for July 15th. Great. You have said that this is also like a, a mass spiritual event where during the walk there are times when you guys go into hospitals or into people's homes who are in need of support or healing from, in this case, the theme this one uh, for the longest walk is on substance abuse. And you, you guys actually reach out and make contact with people who are in need while going on these walks. Is that right? 
That is correct, and these are predominantly Native American communities, and they're very happy to see us because they're the most neglected as far as uh, medical services go and counseling services, hospitals, clinics, and they've been forgotten. They're the forgotten people. So when we come in, you know, they often have um, a welcoming dinner for us, uh, they might have a ceremony they share. Um, they'll definitely join in with us. They, we have our researchers and our, our team of researchers, and the forms are passed out where information is given uh, to our researchers, not to the walkers, but to our researchers for the purpose of collecting data on what are the needs in this specific Native American community that um, funds and building and services need to be addressed. And this is then taken to Washington to receive funds to help build these clinics. So a lot of times uh, people will say, well, you know, come and see our clinic, come and see our home. And they, they sort of give us a bit of a tour so we can understand what do you need, what can we help you with, how can we address these issues. Yeah. And this is what you have been meaning when you have talked about on a previous occasion when you and I had a chance to talk, that this is really walking the talk, doing this work. It is indeed. Um, I'm so impressed with the dedication of the uh, many young people, especially, and the elders, that uh, such as Dennis Banks, and many who is the leader of this, coordinator of this, uh, of their dedication, because you never know what you're coming into. Um, of course, the communities we're coming into know we're coming. We have state coordinators. And, um, you know, we have, you know, the police escorts and the permit to be able to, to walk. We aren't just randomly just wandering. You know, it is coordinated mm -hmm. and it is approved or we wouldn't be doing it. Um, but these young people that are walking that have stuck with it from the beginning, especially with Brave Freaks, um, they just have the backpack on their backs. Their tents. They don't know where they're necessarily going to sleep that night. We try to get, um, you know, provisions if there's a gym or a community center, but sometimes that doesn't always come through in a timely fashion. So if they're prepared to, you know, to pitch their tent, the campground, and brave the elements, the cold, the wind, the rain. Uh, maybe we'll eat at six. Maybe we won't eat till nine. Maybe we'll have a, a gym to eat in. Uh, maybe someone might invite us to their home. So we go in with the attitude of we're not here to be served. We appreciate the supportiveness, and yes, we need to coordinate with you, but we're here to serve you. Ah, oh, yeah. This ties in with the peace walks. Um, there are peace walks all across the world, and they are circles of peace walks. Uh, many of the people that are, or some I should say, that are on this walk, and I won't name names, you know, because it's not about that. Uh, they also are peace walkers, and this also is, in a sense, a peace walk. The peace walks are global. Um, and they are groups of people walking all over the world right now for peace and for healing and mm -hmm. for truth and for the empowerment, if you will, of the individual spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and healing of the earth. So if you wanted to um, walk for peace, there are many, many peace walks that are going on, and I am not a part of that. Uh, the Longest Walk 5 is its own nonprofit. It is one of many. Our walk is unique in that it 
services uh, indigenous communities which have, as I said, um, been neglected and started in 78 for the freedom of religion, the right to pray, which prior to Longest Walk in 1978, indigenous people did not have this right. Wow. That wasn't too long ago, was it? No. <laughs> so <laughs> last year was diabetes, uh, or the year before, there was um, Walk for Sacred Sites. Next year there will be Longest Walk 6, and I'm not sure of the exact route of that, and that will address another issue regarding Mother Earth and the people of Earth. So each year there's a walk, and each year it focuses on a different need of the people. And do they always end up in Washington, and there's something that happens once they do? Yes, uh, it does end up in Washington um, because the uh, the research and the data and everything that is connected and collected and sorted and organized along the way is then presented, much as it was in 1978, to uh, Washington. And I'm not part of that political process. My part of the walk is purely spiritual supportiveness, um, but it is presented, and then that is taken into the proper channels to be able to pass bills, get needed funds, uh, in this case, funds to build clinics, funds to build uh, abuse shelters, funds to hire counselors, um, or if not necessarily funds, to actually have it approved that there will be a hospital built, there will be personnel done. So this results in action. It's not just a walk for the sake of just walking. Uh, It actually is producing results in that sense of things being accomplished on behalf of the needs of people. Why have you joined the walk yourself? Myself, (laughs) I joined it because I was on the original walk in 1978, Uh, and as a pipe holder and a spiritual person, I was there to support the spirituality of those on the walk and the goal to have the basic freedom of religion and human rights. So I joined it as a humanitarian, I joined it as a pipe holder, I joined it as a spiritual supporter to add my spirit light to that of the whole to accomplish Mm -hmm. these types of results that we would like to see on earth at this time. So I joined it for that reason. This is one of the many things going on on the earth right now as there are great shifts and changes to more awaken more fully into the spirit of who we are uh, on this planet as as a community of humanity. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Um And I love how you put it. Thank you, Claire. Community of humanity, that's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yes, uh, at this time, people are so isolated from each other, and as a result of that isolation, they're often not aware of not only what's going on, but what types of alternatives are there alternatives in lifestyle, alternatives in the way we connect with everything on this planet, and that includes with each other. So when we become involved in these types of things and we raise the awareness, a little light bulb goes on that says, aha, that aha moment, um, 
there is something I can do. I'm not disempowered. I'm not helpless. I don't need to be mm-hmm. a billionaire. I actually can do something. And and that empowerment is part of the awakening to the divine within all of us and each of us. And as we awaken to this divinity, we begin to connect with source. And as we connect with source, all of these things become alive that we have spoken of. We speak of ascension. We speak of of earth changes. And yet, they're words. They're just words until we actually become a part of it. And people are not sure, how, how do I, they say to themselves, how do I become a part of this? Oh, I, I don't know how to do this. And then when they realize it's not I, it's we. We are in this together. We can do this. We are doing this. We are connected. Source is all of us. Yes. And it may be unique in in the outer form, but it's very universal on the inner form. Very much so. And and one of the results of actually participating in the uplifting of humanity in whatever way that we can, in our own unique way, and this walk is one way. It is not the way. It is one way, is realizing that there are many ways in which we can do this. And as we begin to walk our talk, it becomes real for us. And we realize that every book that was ever written that we sat in our armchair and read, we are the book. We are the story. We all have a story. Yes. We're living stories. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> exactly. So we want to take this out of the realm of any one person uh, being empowered over others. We're all empowered. We want to take this <coughs> pardon me, out of the realm of, oh, this is such a mystical thing. It doesn't apply to me. Um, I've got a job to go to. I don't have money for my rent. Uh, You know, or this a group of hippies, or this all sounds real nice, but (coughs) I'm so sorry. How does this concern me? It does. It does. And we all have a, a different view of this mountain, you could say, that our perceptions may Uh, come into the picture and paint our stories for us. And that's fine. That is good. It it may be useful for us to really look at our stories and and decide whether or not they're the stories we really want to be living. A lot of people talk about fourth and fifth dimensional living and how we're, we're moving into that, but there are different people who perceive what that looks like. And it may not always come into form the way they expected. And there's a little bit of confusion about what that is, the the whole mystical side of the awakening that we're experiencing now. Uh, You've touched on quite a deep subject here (laughs) Uh, and a a very um, significant one uh, for many people. Um, And the focus that... uh, you brought out was that of uh, fifth dimensional living which there's been a lot of talk about as you say and the reality is that fifth dimensional living is beyond a verbal explanation and it is a way of being that is so far removed from third or fourth dimensional that it defies articulation it defies explanation it defies anything written 
It is a way of being that when you are in it, you know it. And yet, when you are journeying towards it, you begin to wonder, will I ever reach it? The answer is yes, as long as you stay on your journey and realize that it is a journey, and it is an individual journey as well as a group journey, and each of us has an accountability that we are accountable to ourselves. No one else can judge us. We can judge no one else. Individual accountability, individual responsibility. As we begin to transverse, if you will, from reading about things, watching videos, uh, spending money to go to a million different things and places and equipment, and begin to go within our own selves. And that is done through prayer. That is done through meditation. That is done through going back to Mother Earth. That is done through reconnecting with natural source. And as we begin to do that, we cross that bridge from things and objects and places and money and and buildings and all of that into being able to perceive the messages that are coming from source. And then we go into fourth dimension. Everybody knows what that is, where we're involved in all of these psychic things and channelings and visions. But we haven't yet gotten into co-creating. When you get into the fifth dimension, you're, you're done debating. You're done arguing. You're done with discussions. You're now in co-creation with Source. And you're done beyond getting a reward for it. No one may ever know your name. No one may ever see you. You don't need that anymore. And neither do you not need it. You don't want it. Because Source is so pure and so loving and so beautiful. That's who knows your name. That's where your recognition is. You're now with Source. And when you're there, you don't ask yourself, am I in the fifth dimension? If you're still asking that question, then you're on your way. When you're there, you are in a sense of being. But that journey has to start somewhere. And it's wherever each of us are as individuals. So we can't judge another. We can't say, okay, this is how your journey must be. Uh, Maybe it was good for you, but it may not be appropriate for the next person. So being patient with ourselves, loving ourselves, accepting ourselves as we go on this journey into this higher realm of the fifth dimension and beyond where we truly are co-creating the source. Wow, beautifully said. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> welcome. We are all adapting to these great changes that are going on on many levels. And uh, you've offered some things to help us experience it more gracefully uh, the wisdom that you just shared. It's something that you. Um, you rest into and explore uh, on your own, not necessarily in any other um, methodology. It's all inner work, is what I think I hear you saying. Yes. Yes. So as we have our third-dimensional lives as well and experience these other realms, even within this third-dimensional experience of our daily lives with family, with friends, with co-workers, with uh, organizations and so forth, to really embrace 
the things that you just spoke about and still we are in these third dimensional bodies and living within this realm as well of of this uh, physical dimension, what would you say that might be useful for people to understand or uh, embrace while we're moving through all these shifts and changes and, and still rest within that inner space that you spoke of? Okay. <clears throat> the reality is our genetics are altering. The reality is we as a race, humanity, we are in a process of transformation right now. What does that mean? It means that we are humans that are spiritual, that have a humanoid body that embraces our spirit, but this humanoid body is changing from the type of bodies that we have been used to. Uh, Many people call it their light body, so call it your third dimensional body, but Guaranteed, if you're on the path, your third-dimensional body would be different from the third-dimensional body of someone that was not going through all of this. You would find yourself eating differently, sleeping differently, thinking differently, and as a result, the vibration that you give out is going to affect everything and everyone around you differently. You are now truly recreated being of light and so as you are in your third dimensional body and you begin to care for it in a different way as you're becoming this evolved human of light that means that yes you need to pay attention to your diet you can no longer eat what you used to eat and there are many things out there and You know, whether you're vegan, whether you're vegetarian, uh, whether you're organic, um, you need to begin to look at what are the building blocks of this body, what is in the best interest of this body, how do I care for this body nutritionally. And then you need to begin to look at the mind and the fact that what we have called the mental part of the body is actually very spiritual. How do I awaken the spiritual part of my brain? How do I awaken my pineal? How do I awaken my pituitary? How do I do this? Again, you need to begin to look at how the thought processes are through meditation, through the different modalities, as people like to call it, that are available out there to raise your awareness and to alter these brain cells into a higher, more spiritual way of being. So now you have this physical body, but it is awakened, it is aware, and it is raised up into another realm. It's still a physical body, but it is a physical light body. Mm. Yes. So here we are in the in the midst of this, and we're all at different places in this journey of moving into the light body. And there are some people who may wonder, as they are approaching the the different levels of this, and they perhaps may have families, they may have children or spouses or. Uh, other types of family experiences and they wonder how does this play out in my life with my family as well very well put and very much a needed issue to address because on the one hand if one is in the light and in their light body and yet they have loved ones around them and commitments and responsibilities, understanding that by cosmic law, if you wish to call it that, by higher realms, 
one can do no harm. So at each step of the way, we must ask, by doing these things, am I doing harm? And if the answer is yes, then the challenge is afoot (laughs) to find how do I change my diet? How do I change my activities? Because those around me do not wish to. We must not force our way of being upon others. Yet at the same time, we cannot abandon our own spiritual journey. So you begin to walk a very fine balance. And as you begin to walk this balance, you realize, okay, I must be loving. I must be kind. I must be compassionate. I must be empathic. And I must make sure that others around me are not totally abandoned. So if you have a spouse, if you have children, if you have relatives that are dependent upon you, you are responsible. And much as in the walk where we go and we find out what do people need, if we walk amongst strangers finding out what do people need, how much more so must we go to our loved ones and say, what do people need? So we must Mm -hmm. be very careful and gentle to make sure that we do not neglect the needs of those around us while going out publicly, tending to the needs of strangers. And I believe the term used often is street angels and home devils. (laughs) So make sure your family is cared for. Make sure they're fed. Make sure they're housed. And as you go on your journey spiritually, you will find yourself in this area of spiritual co-creation where you are able to do your spiritual walk and at the same time provide for your family. So as they say, first put on your first umbrella, your your own uh, oxygen mask, pardon me. So we look to ourselves and say, what is it within me that I must fix before I go out and dare to fix others? <laughs> and rather than looking at our family and friends and saying, oh, there's such a mess, perhaps saying, okay, this is the situation. This is what I can do to be of assistance, realizing that sometimes we can't fix everything and everyone and gently releasing, and yet doing the best we can wherever we are. Uh, That's a lot of words. In other words, if you have a job, do your job well. If you have children, feed them, care for them, clothe them, clothe them. If you have a spouse, be respectful, be loving, be kind. If you have friends and family, understand they may not agree with you. They don't need to. Maybe they don't even need to hear every thought and every word. And sometimes silence is the best path. Very beautifully said. And I know that when you talk about children in particular, that there are many needs that children have, your time, your love, your attention, your wisdom, and sometimes a place where you listen to their wisdom as well and allow them to do their sharing and giving back in the way that that they feel they're here for, too. Does that sound... Is is that about part of what you were talking about? Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Claire. Yes, (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) it. Um, The children that are here today are so very special, and we are the caretakers and guardians and the protectors and the way-showers And we have to respect these beautiful crystal children that are coming in and make sure that we have done our part to give them the type of a world and the type of an earth that they can go forward and do that which they came in to be 
therefore, they're here with no veil. They're here with precognition. They're here with total awareness. And we need to provide them an earth that is good. So we have to do our part to clean up not only ourselves, uh, but also the earth and make it a place where future generations can thrive because right now they cannot. So we have a lot to do. Yes, a lot of work, a lot of work. Now I know that you're going to be in October with James Gilliland at his eSETI Ranch. The listeners may want to know about that in case they would like to come and join you there for the presentations that you guys will be sharing. Would you give us the dates and how they can uh, reach out and just share a little about what to expect if they decide they would like to go? Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Yes. Uh, James uh, Gillan has a website, eSETI. I believe it's eSETI.org, and they can go on there and they will see um, events, future events. And if they click down into October, it's October 27th, and it's Tushina and James, and we co-host a weekend. And so they can go in there and register from now. And James and I uh, did this last year at his ranch, and basically we co-create an event where people can experience and also be given the tools and also actually participate in that which is needed on their behalf for going into fifth dimension and co-creating with Source. Uh, That having been said, last year uh, we created a galactic medicine wheel, which is still there. It is a permanent part of study, and people can go there. It is protected and very spiritual, and um, they need to uh, connect with James. It is his private ranch, his private property, so they need to get permission to go, and that's where they get the permission, and that's where they register for the event in October. Wonderful. Thank you. And so they can get all the details at eSETI. That's E-C-E-T-I dot, yes. is it org? I believe it's dot org. It might be dot com, but it's James Gilliland, eSETI. Right. So try both. Okay. And yeah. then if our listeners want to reach out to you, learn more about you as well, your website is? My website is winstargalactichealing.com, and I'm traveling quite a bit, so it's a good contact site. I'm not actively using it for anything promotional, but I have kept the website as a way of contact, and I apologize for um, not being as available as I was in the past, but originally the website was put up. I was very, very active publicly and at conferences. Now my activity is more feet on the ground, going out amongst the people, actually doing things. All part of the shifts and changes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of which, if people wish to uh, look on the website, it's called Tolik and the Android. Um, I believe it's October 23rd in Tucson, and it's called the Transformational Shifts. And I will be speaking at that uh, with Talek of the Andromeda Council, um, along with uh, a panel of other speakers, on exactly the subject that we're discussing now. Wonderful. So uh, there may have been a little bit of a dropout when we were talking about uh, the actual website address. Could you say that again, please? Oh, yes. Thank you. It is windstargalactichealing.com. Great. And the conference that you were talking about in October 
23rd, I believe you said, with yes. Tolek. It's, yes. uh Is there a web address for people to learn more about that, or do you want to just say the name of the conference once more? The conference is hosted by Tolek, T-O-L-E-C, of the Andromedan Council. The name of the conference is uh, Transformational Shift 2016, and he is in the process of adding things to that particular conference site. Uh, the conference will take place in Tucson, Arizona, and it will be, I believe, October 23rd. So I'll be there, and then from there, flying out straight to James. I just looked it up. I see that it is the 2016 Transformational Shift Conference for October 21st through the 23rd. Thank you. And, <laughs> oh, sure, yes. Well, I, I love Prolex. I listen to just about every interview he has out there. I visit his website often for new material that he posts. He's, he's a wonderful being, and I'm yes. so grateful that he's here just as I am grateful that you are here as well. His website is andromedacouncil.com. So there will be more information there about uh, the conference. So I really um, I really encourage people to reach out to some of these other sources that Sashina has shared because they are well worth your time and energy. I, I promise you that. Sashina, I want to thank you so much for joining us and will you please come back oh I would love to Claire I, I'm so deeply appreciative for the opportunity to be on your show and to share with people just the small tip of the iceberg of mm. what all of us light workers and spirit beings are joining together for now and to invite everyone to wherever they may be on their path, whether in spirit, uh, in their meditations, in their prayer, or physically, to join with us. And yes, I would be delighted to come back. Aho. Thank you. Aho. And many blessings to you. Many blessings. I want to thank you as well for tuning in to Lighted Paths Radio. If you would like to receive notices about future guests, click follow on this page. You can connect with me through my website, lightedpaths.org. You can also find information there about my book, Mary's Miracles and Messages, as well as on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Please join us again for more enlightening conversations. Be well and peace, everyone.